the first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there. They're going to hold on to everything the disease steals away. And the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen by funding research, advancing public policy, and spurring scientific breakthroughs. And by providing local support to those living with the disease and their caregivers, we're easing the burden until we accomplish our goal. But we won't get there without you. Visit ALZ.org to join the fight. Hey everyone, and welcome to the Fantasy Football Addicts Podcast. My name is Mung. I'm back this week with my co-host Los. Yeah, welcome the Addicts. The Addicts didn't miss a, miss out. You were gone, Mung. You abandoned us, you jerk. Yeah, I feel uh, I feel bad for all our listeners. They had to listen to you just banter on about random, meaningless nonsense. You know, we were talking about writing you out of the script for a few more weeks. You're gonna Alex Smith me. That's what was going to happen. Although, although Alex Smith is said to have, uh, they are already saying that he's next week's quarterback. So essentially that is what happened. I guess, I guess that's right. Um, but yeah, I, I, you know, I listened to, uh, the podcast for once. I usually don't listen after we record because I'm lazy like that. Um, <laughs> but, uh, you guys did a good job. Dan did a great job filling in and, uh, I, I, I commend you guys. Thanks. Thanks. You know, we, 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 we have, you know, functioning brains. It's amazing. Yeah, I mean, uh, you were wrong on a lot of the stuff that you talked about, but that's that's a separate issue. I, that isn't even remotely accurate. You take that back. <laughs> I uh, I happen to disagree with a lot, and, and I actually took some notes uh, about everything that I disagreed with you on, but uh, we're, we're, we're not going to live in the past here. We're going to move on. Oh, boy. Um, all right, so week nine is in the books we are already more than halfway through the season sure doesn't feel like it huh no boy it always goes quick always goes super fast yeah and we're uh we're uh, in november uh i have a i have a cold so that season is upon us and uh let's uh let's get cracking let's get to football so this week's gillette close shave of the week which uh you did a great job last week with by the way uh, i did Thank like you. your did like your little blurb um so this week on the road at minnesota the Detroit Lions trailed by three points with only 23 seconds left in the fourth quarter. Lions quarterback Matthew Stafford drove 35 yards down the field in just two plays, setting up a 58-yard field goal by Matt Prater to tie the game and send it into overtime. Receiving the ball first in overtime, Stafford was efficient on an 11-play, 87-yard drive that culminated in a touchdown pass to Golden Tate to win the game against their tough divisional rival. Get your close shave like Matthew Stafford with Gillette, the best a man can get. Our best blades for a few dollars a month. Fresh blades delivered to your door, no commitments. Yeah, I guess uh, Golden Tate's back, huh? Where did Marvin Jones go? Yeah, I don't know what's going on with Marvin Jones. Uh, I do know what's going on with Golden Tate, though. Um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, but we will get to that game. Uh, let's let's kick off the... Uh, the week 10 slate with Thursday night football, and it's going to be uh, the Cleveland Browns at Baltimore. I see what you did there. Uh, Cleveland was demolished by the Dallas defense held to under 45 plays for the entire game. Um, in my opinion, the ballot, uh, the Baltimore defense is better than the Dallas defense. Uh, there were only 11 running back carries for this game. What can I make of that? I, not really much of anything. Uh, Crowell's the better back. If you need to roll with one of these, uh, he's a running back two slash three sort of play. Uh, Duke is a deep league flex for me right now. Uh, the only pass catcher I'm touching is Terrell Pryor, Who's a low end wide receiver 
one due to athleticism and the pure inconsistency of the other uh, wide receivers on this team. Corey Coleman did come back, had seven looks, did not really turn them into much. He may be okay going forward, but I, I'm not putting him in this game. The Cleveland offense just does not produce enough points to even consider Barnage as a uh, uh, sporadic touchdown consideration tight end for me either. Um, they need to put more points on the board. Yeah, Cody Kessler has actually played relatively well, um, given the fact that they weren't expecting him to start for them at all this year. Uh, but all the same, I don't, I don't think Kessler is going to be the future there in Cleveland, and I, and I don't think he's going to be the future for your fantasy team either. Um, he's just a back-end QB, too, if you're desperate. And then at running back, I prefer Crowell over Duke, but I wouldn't expect another fluky 80-yard touchdown run against Baltimore like he had in Week 2. For me, both of these guys are just uh, flex options. And then to your point, Terrell Pryor, uh, he's a low-end wide receiver one right now, but he's not being valued as such in many leagues yet. Um, doesn't have that name value for whatever reason. I would start him, but I would also trade for him if you can. And honestly, I'd swap a guy like Gurley or DeAndre Hopkins at this point for someone who's producing, like Terrell Pryor. Uh, if those guys still carry name value in your league, I think production is more important since we have a good sample size of data now. Uh, more than halfway through the season. Um, and then on the other side, Corey Coleman actually uh, didn't do that great, but it is his first game back after breaking his hand. Um, I think if he can build a little bit of rapport with Kessler, he can be a flex option in time. Um, depending on your roster, depending on if you have bench space, he certainly has the upside. Um, and then, as you said, Gary Barnage, uh, droppable, uh, just not getting the targets right now. Um, yeah, unless Kessler gets hurt again and McCown starts at QB, uh, he's he's really the only quarterback in Cleveland that actively looks for Barnage. Yeah, they're they're, they're brimming with talent in the wide receiver core. Terrell Pryor, uh, Corey Coleman. Um, if you could maybe try and buy low on him, especially in a dynasty sort of league, uh, this is the this is the build of a of an offense that may be pretty decent for the next five years you know, if they can get you know solidify their their offensive line, um, pick one of the running backs and. Maybe if Kessler can just be a league average quarterback, then both uh, both Coleman and uh, Pryor should be okay going forward. Yeah, well, but we've been saying Cleveland can be a good team, you know, for the last five years yeah. or longer. Yeah. So we'll yeah, see if that actually right. happens. Yep. Um, all, right. all right. On the Baltimore side of the ball. Um, in this AFC show, AFC North showdown, who saw this coming? Uh, Baltimore should be able to beat Cleveland this week and grab the lead in the AFC North after this game's over. Uh, the defense and special teams led Baltimore to win in a defensive struggle with a block punt touchdown, putting the game out of reach against Pittsburgh. The offense was limited other than the 95-yard touchdown reception from Mike Wallace. Uh, at this point, I'd consider starting both Wallace and Smith versus Cleveland as a wide receiver, three flex types. Cleveland was torched by Dallas last week. Just just run amok, bamboozled, swindled. Uh, the, that said, Terrence West um, was held to 15 on 21, uh, 15, sorry, 21 yards on 15 carries to Dixon's 13 yards on nine carries. The shift is occurring. We may see more of a committee here. For me, it's still West, and I'd, I'd hold off on starting Dixon for right now. Um, until we can truly see that he's being given more work. Uh, this game had surprisingly little use of the tight end Pitta versus Pittsburgh, but I stand by him as a very good option this week uh, versus Cleveland. Yeah. In terms of Joe Flacco, he gave us a little scare there um, when he slid on the, on the field and he broke his knee brace. Uh, we thought he had re-injured his knee for a second there. 
Um, it I actually like it, it looked like he built in. Yeah, I didn't know he had a brace on. I thought maybe some sort of bone just was sticking out of his leg somewhere. It it didn't look good, but then they're like, oh no, he wears that knee brace under his pads. Oh, okay. No, he looked all right because if you looked at his face, he wasn't in any kind of pain. So well, I, yeah, I'm, but if you just looked at that thing, unless he's in shock and his you know his knee is just sticking out of his leg, I think. Uh, <laughs> well, he's a tough dude. He's a very tough dude. Ooh, I don't know if anyone's that tough though. <laughs> um, but in terms of Joe Flacco, he hasn't had many great fantasy games this year, but he did have two touchdowns against Cleveland back in week two. I think he's an okay streaming option if you really need help at quarterback this week. Um, and then in terms of the running backs, I actually like Dixon a little bit better. I, I think the touches are getting split pretty evenly at this point, uh, and I think Dixon is a better receiver as well. Um, I, I'd prefer him slightly going forward if, if you have the option to you know pick up one or the other if you're in a shallow league there. Um, he does look better now that he's healthier from his earlier uh, knee sprain in the season. And then in terms of the wide receivers, I agree that both are just wide receiver three or flex options. Uh, Mike Wallace actually performed better, but Steve Smith saw more targets uh, in this game. And Wallace broke a, a fluky 95-yard touchdown uh, due to some pretty terrible tackling by, uh, I think it was Mike Mitchell, who Steve Smith had some comments about after the game. Um, so I think what we're seeing here—they were here, great comments too. <laughs> they were. Uh, Steve Smith still knows how to, still knows how to uh, throw some insults out there, even in his old age. He can um, lay the smackdown both on the field and off. Yeah, and and I think uh, you know he's going to be the more consistent option going forward. I, I think Flacco's going to look for him a little bit more, and then Wallace is going to be that higher ceiling but lower floor boom bust wide receiver three, where uh, you're basically hoping for one of those long touchdowns week to week. Um, and then I, I also think that Pitt is still a high end tight end too, despite his odd lack of targets against Pittsburgh. Um, we should see him get more involved versus Cleveland, especially after Jason Witten had over a hundred yards receiving this past week against them. They've had issues defending against the tight end. Yeah. Who can't do you like here? Can't disagree. Uh, ba uh, Baltimore, of course, um, they will be uh, on top of the AFC North. I, too, think that Cleveland will lose to Baltimore just like they did to the Chicago Cubs in the World Series. That's right. I like it. <laughs> Had to get that little plug in there. Um, all right, so we both like Baltimore. Next game, Kansas City at Carolina. This offense was basically stagnant versus Jacksonville. If they can't get anything done this game, Carolina will make them pay. Uh, they're not going to get a cheap win this week just like that. Charkandrick West uh, was only 39 yards on 13 carries with three catches for 35 yards. He's a running back, too, right now, just for workload, and only if uh, Ware does not play, who is still trying to get through concussion protocol. I think he'll be a little closer and probably make it out of the field this week. Uh, Macklin went out of the game with a groin injury, came into the game with a groin injury on Thursday and was knocked out completely. Kelsey was thrown from the game for back-to-back -back unsportsman likes, where he was called on what looked like a bit of a BS call, and then he turned around and took a took a flag uh, took a towel out threw a, threw the flag at the ref and then was tossed from the game. What a complete mess! Um, all that said, the wide receivers fare better with Smalls back there than Smith, but Smith will be back. None of them are worth taking the chance on right now. Uh, I don't like it. Yeah, uh, Alex Smith and Spencer Ware hopefully both will be able to play this coming week. Um, if Ware plays, then he'll be a mid-end RB2. Um, if not, West would be probably a back-end RB2 just because he's not nearly as talented, um, even if he does receive the workload. Um, Jeremy Macklin left the game with a groin injury, put up a big fat zero for you if you had started him. 
Um, but the bigger problem is he's not getting those targets. And then, you know, Alex Smith just isn't willing to throw down field for him. Um, we'll see if anything changes there. But, uh, you know, certainly monitor his practice conditioning. He'll be a flex play when he comes back. Carolina doing better on defense after their bye now. Um, and then all the other wide receivers, uh, Hill, Conley, Wilson, they're all going to have random weeks with some big plays, but none are really worth owning except in deep leagues. Uh, Kelsey, you're starting as a tight end one. Um, the one other note I have is that Kansas City defense has been playing well, and Justin Houston's going to be back sooner than later. I, I think that they're a defense that needs to be on, still out there in a good amount of leagues right now. Yeah, I, I completely agree there. I picked them off off the waiver wire to get, give them a start this uh, this past week. Loved it. I'll be rolling them out there again versus Carolina. Um, just as you were talking about the, the wide receivers on Kansas City, I think uh, we should delineate why uh, there's so many teams which have wide receivers that, you know, break out, have a week, and we say, yes, play them, whereas KC, Tennessee, we say don't. The, the difference comes down to points scored by that given team and how good that offense is versus how bad their defense is, um, just to make that clear. So it's not just completely random. Right. It's, it's mostly because it's inconsistent. It's just there's no way to really predict which one of them is going to get a, a fluky long touchdown week to week. Um, especially concerning when uh, Cairo Santos is the highest scoring player, uh, you know, in a lot of weeks for your team. Strong Egyptian name there. Love him. All right. On the Carolina side of the football, Carolina was very limited against um, an L.A. defense, which frankly isn't really that great. Uh, we could see a similar situation versus the Kansas City defense, which, as I said, is better. Um, J uh, Jonathan Stewart continues to dominate the touches, had no touchdown this game. For me, he's still a running back one just for the sheer workload. He's getting the goal line carries, just no touchdown this game. If he had one, he would have looked much better. Uh, Kelvin Benjamin's a low end wide receiver one, of course, for me every week. Olsen is a top tight end. Not a whole lot else to mention. Kansas City's a good defense. Yeah, I, I think the problem here is the, the hits on Cam are really taking a toll. He seems pretty tentative in the pocket right now, and he hasn't been running as much, particularly near the goal line. Um, he's also been pretty inaccurate, and he's always had issues missing high in his career, but um, he's, also, he's just having trouble being accurate right now. He's kind of, kind of like an Eli Manning sort of phase or something going on there. Uh, so for me, he's actually just the low-end QB1 uh, until he kind of writes the ship there. Um, and I actually agree with him on some of these calls where he's just, you know, not getting those roughing the passer penalties called on opposing defenses. Uh, and, you know, I'm all for the, the NFL reducing the amount of flags that are being thrown right now. But at the same time, I, I think that there needs to be a little bit more protection for Cam. Um, and then fantasy-wise, of course, due to the fact that they don't want him running as much, Jonathan Stewart still a boomer bust RB two. Um, he'll get he'll get most of the work, but Carolina is going to need to control games for him to score or you know get enough carries to be relevant. I think this is going to be another tough matchup for him against Kansas City, uh, despite Chris Ivory having a decent day against them. Uh, just a mid-end RB two for me. And then Kelvin Benjamin, he's a matchup dependent wide receiver too. He's going to get those targets, and Cam's going to target him a ton in the red zone kind of like a mike evans light um and then you know you don't need to you don't need me to tell you to start greg olson as a top tight end option here no i don't um uh the one the one other thing as well i, I wanted to talk about uh is I, I mentioned the kc defense on the other side here and carolina has struggled defensively um the first half of the season but they looked fresh out of the bye and ron rivera has managed to fix the secondary before in years past uh, without having, you know, dominant talent out there. 
I think the Carolina defense needs to be owned as well, especially with the renewed effort to really play aggressive and, and get after the quarterback on defense. Yeah, I wouldn't have drafted him to begin with. Just just too much, you know, too, too good of a uh, recent stretch. I mean, two I, games doesn't really make, make their identity. Yeah, but they, they've struggled uh, earlier on this season. I've seen them dropped in a good amount of leagues. So if they're out there, I think they're worth a pickup uh, if you need help at defense. Yep. Um, I'll take the home team, Carolina. Yeah, the Panthers are going to win here in a, in a, in a low-scoring game. Okay, uh, next game, Denver and New Orleans. Sure. Uh, Denver's run game struggled versus Oakland. They should have been better. Oakland's defense is not good. They might be better versus New Orleans. Um, but Devontae Booker, Capri Bibbs, there's a bit of a bit of a you know uh, situation back there. Capri uh, Bibbs significantly outplayed Booker. Booker got the bulk of the carries and was on field most of the time. Um, coaching has already said, said that Bibbs earned himself a little bit bigger of a workload. Um, at the end of the day, I really think this all comes down to the ineffectiveness of Trevor Simeon and the, and the defense is not really having to try and stop him. He needs to push the ball downfield on bad defenses. Maybe he learned that this week versus Oakland. Maybe he didn't, but New Orleans is a similarly bad team. Um, Sanders and Demarius Thomas should be high-end wide receiver twos, but they should have been versus Oakland as well, so I can't really endorse them as that either. Simeon is the severe limiting factor in the offense much like Osweiler is in Houston yeah I mean part of the problem too is the offensive line is brutal and they're really not giving any push on the run in the run game and they're really not protecting Simeon very well either um but Devontae Booker despite the the news that Capri Bibbs is going to get a little bit more work now I think he's still a back-end RB2 and a pretty good matchup against New Orleans we saw Dewan Harris do pretty well against them um, and then Capri Bibbs, actually a, a, an okay flex play, depending on, you know, if you need help on, at running back right now. Um, the opportunity is definitely there. And then for me on the wide receivers, Thomas and Sanders are pretty interchangeable. Both are those, you know, back end our wide receiver twos with good upside in this matchup against New Orleans. Yeah, one of those rare uh, matchups where you're going to have four usable running backs, which is nice because the running back situation this year is absolute trash. Yeah, on the New Orleans side, uh, man, Denver, the Denver defense is not what it was last year at all, huh? No, not, not, well, at the very least, not against the run. They actually limited Carr pretty well in the pass game. Yeah, but the, the plays were there, too, in the pass game with Aqib Tlaib out. They're really struggling on all fronts right now. Yeah, you, I mean, you're, you're right. They're a hard team to pick, that's for sure. Yeah, certainly not afraid to start Drew Brees at home here, huh? No, not without, no question whatsoever. Um, this past week, he had 323 yards, three touchdowns versus San Francisco. Um, I'm, I'm certainly not benching him versus Denver, who's looked beatable. Uh, Ingram and Hightower are both very productive this week and will be able to cash in um, this week again after Latavius Murray and the other Oakland running backs were pretty darn productive against Denver's defense. Um, Hightower this week had 23 carries for 87 yards and a touchdown. 15 carries, 158 yards, and a touchdown for Tim Hight or for for Mark Ingram, who finally woke up uh, out of his coma. I don't know what he was doing, why he was sleeping. Somebody said Rumpelstiltskin, and here we get 158 yards and a touchdown. Maybe all he needed was uh, was Hightower to really just go in there and take his work away. When you threaten somebody's job and livelihood, then they then they start to produce a little bit more. Um, Mike Thomas on the receiving side is emerging quite nicely, and in a normal week, is every bit as startable as Willie Sneed, possibly even as good as Brandon Cooks. Um, I try to 
look elsewhere possibly. Uh, I think Breeze will be okay, but I don't know if he's going to be good enough to have three productive wide receivers this week. Um, for the tight end, Kobe Flaner stepped up as well, allowing Breeze to spread the ball around like he did before. Th this sort of limits all the value for all the wide receivers and tight ends, like when Graham and and uh, Colston and Stills and everything were in, C in, uh, in New Orleans. But everybody still, you know, was startable at that point. Everybody, at the very least, was flexible. And the more, the more weapons you can have, the better your quarterback's going to be. Um, in a normal week, I'd start all of these guys. Uh, Oakland, Oakland showed an ability to beat this Denver defense. And Drew Brees at home is always money. So question for you. Let's say you own Brandon Cooks. Someone offers you Michael Thomas straight up. No, I, I still like Brandon Cooks right now. See, I, I, I think I would actually take Thomas here. Really? I, I think for, for this week or for rest of the season? Uh, both. Um, one, this week, I, I think that um, while Chris Harris did struggle against Amari Cooper, I, I do think that he's done a relatively good job shutting him down or at least getting the holding or DPI penalties instead of letting them get the big plays. Um, I think the slot corner is going to struggle more against Thomas than Harris will against Cooks. And then in general, I, I think they're like a Hilton-Moncrief combo situation. Uh, both are going to be mid to high-end wide receiver twos right now. Um, I think I think Snead is kind of the odd man out now. Um, he and Fleener, really? he and Fleener uh, have been getting targets more inconsistently. Um, and I think that he's more of a wide receiver three or flex play now. And then Thomas and Cooks are both wide receiver twos for me. I don't really think it's that clear cut at this point. Um, now, what I would do possibly is go ahead and try and um, get Thomas plus for Brandon Cooks, something like that. But I, I don't think I could just drop him straight up for him. Yeah, I mean, for me, it, it, looking at the target share, it looks relatively even. But, um, you know, really, it, Thomas is doing more with his looks. He's being used more around the goal line. Um, I mean, look, look at the targets the last few weeks. Uh, Michael Thomas, 13 targets, 6 targets, 8 targets. And then Cooks, 9 targets, 6 targets, and 6 targets. I, I think, yeah, I think there's it, too much reliance on recency bias. Cooks has an established role in this offense. He's been around for three years. He's been very productive for three years. Mike Thomas, this is like the second week that he's been a startable uh, run wide receiver. Uh, I don't think that's true at all. Uh, Michael Thomas has been doing pretty well. You, if you look at his PPR points... Um, he hasn't scored fewer than 12 points in the last six games, five, six games. Um, and he, he's actually scored more than Brandon Cooks throughout that stretch. Maybe I ought to pull him out of my, off of uh, my dynasty roster rookie bunch then, throw him on the team. Yeah, may, maybe you should. Uh, I, I think he'll be a, a good asset for you, uh, especially if you're contending. Um, but I'll, I'll take New Orleans at home. Yeah, this is a tough one to call here. Um, can Denver get embarrassed again? I, I, I mean, especially against the New Orleans defense, who is just absolutely abysmal. Um, I say no. Give me Denver this week. All right. I, I think you're underestimating Drew Brees and, uh, and the Saints nation. Yeah, but it's it's about time that this Denver running game and, and pass game starts to, starts to take shape, um, you know. This this is basically a mulligan for Simeon's last week versus a bad defense. Okay, we'll see. Um, moving on, next game, L.A. at the New York Jets. Uh, the, the L.A. defense should have an absolute field day versus the Jets and Ryan Fitzpatrick, who's now hobbled further with, I think, an MCL sprain. Um, I think that's what it was. Uh, L.A. defense is a must-start this week just because of the sheer 
awfulness of this Jets offense. Um, this is a running back one week for, for Gurley after the Jets D was shredded by Jay Ajayi. Uh, I don't think Ajayi is that good. I think he's had good matchups. I don't, I'm not a believer. I mean, I'm starting him this week if, if I have the opportunity, but I'm not just a believer yet. Uh, this week, Kendricks had the most productive day, seven catches on 12 for 90 yards. Again, I say don't buy into this nonsense. Could be Brick, could be Quick, could be Higby, could be Kendricks, could be anybody. Yeah, so I have a potential hot take for you. Um, Uh-oh. I think in redraft leagues, I would rather have a Jai than Gurley for the rest of the season. Yeah, I mean, his offense is more high octane, that's for sure. They're gonna he's gonna have more opportunities to score. Uh a Jai over I mean that that's a hot take. You know, I, I can't tell you it isn't. Yeah, uh, I mean, my view of it is that Miami's committing to the run now with a healthy offensive line and Ajay is the workhorse. Um, Gurley is, you know, they reiterated that he needs to get more carries today, but at the same time, is that actually going to happen? And he's also losing all the passing game snaps to Benny Cunningham. Um, he's been just, he's been disappointing. That's, that's all I can say. And he, uh, certainly the talent's still there. I'm not doubting that. I'm not questioning that. Uh, but the, the hotter running back right now is Jai, and I don't see them going away from him. I don't see them, you know, going back to a committee approach unless he starts really struggling. Um, and I think that right now, if you if you own Todd Gurley, you could trade him for a Jai plus, you know, a wide receiver or a, a tight end upgrade of some sort. And I, I think I would do that. I think that's a, that's an opportunity that a lot of people could have. Yeah. Um, and then at what point are we going to see Jared Goff? Uh, you know, Jeff Fisher said again today that Case Keenum is going to start next week against the Jets. Yeah, it's is it worrying that uh, they're still starting Keenum over Goff? Well, they did say, I think it was the same presser that, that ownership, or not ownership, coaching said that they are going to start Goff as soon as they're eliminated from playoff contention. So it shouldn't be much longer. I don't understand that, though. Why, why wait? Is he, is he that bad? Is he, how much worse than Case Keenum could he be? Well, I think he's just worse. He's just worse enough than Case Keenum that, they, that he would personally affect their playoff chances, hopes, and dreams. Not that I think they have much of them. I was going to say, uh, what playoff chances? I, hey, I don't know. All I know is what owner is what the coaching staff thinks, because that's what they've said, or at least what I think they think because of what they said. They're a poorly coached team. This is not a good offense. I, I don't know. Jared Goff is bad. I mean, anybody who's watched any uh, like five minutes of hard knocks knows that he is awful. <laughs> okay. Uh, what about the Jets here? Um, Fitzpatrick was bad again. 139, uh, 190 yards, one touchdown, two, two interceptions. His inaccuracy is killing Brandon Marshall. And if Brandon Marshall's unhappy, I'm unhappy. He should have had a touchdown again this game. I think he's only have two touchdowns for this year. He was open on a quick slant. Fitzpatrick missed him by roughly 35 yards. Uh, this is a poor showing by the entire offense, except for Matt Forte. Uh, this offense isn't good enough to start two running backs this week. Forte only, despite it being uh, against L.A. Brandon Marsh, Marshall, is he's not a wide receiver one. Is he a wide receiver two? probably just because of the end zone targets, but that may be a stretch. Um, and none was become a lotto ticket and not startable for me at this point due to Fitzpatrick's recent inadequacy. He looks absolutely terrible. Uh, Fitz came out of the game, like I said, for a few plays after a hit to the leg. Um, he should be okay to start this game, which is, I guess, probably not a good thing. Bryce Petty might be better for this offense. 
Yeah, I mean that's that's twelve million bucks down the drain right there. Uh, Boom! I feel like I you some. could. Yeah, give give me like one mil, and I'll play the rest of the season for the Jets, and I'll I'll do about the same right now. Just um, don't throw interceptions. Yeah. Um, man, this this offense is just struggling overall. For me, Anunwa, he's still a potential flex play just because there's a lot of guys on by. Um, and because he's doing some work after the catch, so when he does get the ball, he's been doing all right, but uh, certainly not reliable. And I agree, Brand Marshall's a wide receiver too. He's he's kind of in the same boat as Des Bryant right now. Um, mm-hmm. Just, you know... Like For the, different reasons. Right, but both due to, you know, the tied to their quarterback, um, but obviously not because Prescott's been bad, just because he's been more comfortable targeting Witten and, and uh, Cole Beasley, but we'll get to that soon enough. Um yeah uh sorry sorry nice catch jimmy graham (laughs) um yeah uh jimmy graham also just a a comeback player of the year candidate i love it um sorry about that (laughs) no no that's all good that's a really good catch that's why that's why we watch football right that's why we we, we get excited we get uh you know it's it's a passionate game absolutely um despite how terrible they are i think i'll take the jets at home yeah, equally terrible are the uh, LA Rams. Yeah, give me the Jets. All right. Um, next game, Green Bay at Tennessee. Uh, Aaron Rodgers has has started to come back. He's spreading the ball around well to his top three wide receiving options. Uh, Montgomery on limited snap counts turned in seven carries for 53 yards with three catches for 38 yards. Um, Jackson is very, very slowly getting increased work. Um, I don't necessarily think he's going to be a factor in cutting into Montgomery's uh, performance. It was really more so them being cautious with the with Ty Montgomery's sickle cell uh, disease scare that he's still recovering from. If Starks is back this week, I really don't see them disrupting the flow of the, the offense this week um, with him unless they can't beat Tennessee. If Tennessee's stopping this passing attack with Montgomery back there, then Starks may get a bit more work. But I'm not I'm not gambling on that uh, on that chance this week. Uh, Nelson seven catches for 94 yards and a touchdown. The clear wide receiver one on this team and a wide receiver one for me. Um, Cobb returned uh, with a touchdown, two catches, for 14 yards, coming off injury. He wasn't supposed to play coming to this game. They decided, hey, suit up, and he made something for himself there. Uh, Adams four catches for 41 yards on eight. Uh, I rank them Nelson, Montgomery, Cobb, Adams with all startable this week versus Tennessee. If you own more than one on your team, um, if that helps your decision-making process whatsoever, uh, Richard Rogers is too hit or miss for me, despite the uh, 64 yards this game. Yeah. Um, I don't really disagree with anything you said there. I agree with the order in which you rank those wide receivers. I would do the same. Um, and yeah, it's kind of hard to predict who's going to get that touchdown week to week. Rogers is pretty happy to spread around. Um, of course he loves Jordy. So Jordy is the clear wide receiver one there still. Um, and then Aaron Rodgers, his final stat line looks good, but the green Bay offense really struggled until the fourth quarter, uh, last couple drives, they managed to keep the game close, but you know, Rogers is a QB one right now, but he just looks off on some of those throws. It's, uh, it's hard to see this team going anywhere in the playoffs. Um, but in terms of fantasy value, uh, the, the arrow is pointing up. So I guess you'll take it. They might not even make the playoffs. I mean, Minnesota's got to right the ship, but I uh, hope they do. Detroit's, uh, winning too, aren't they? Aren't they half a game ahead? They, yeah, they, they, they absolutely are. I don't, I unfortunately don't expect that to continue for them. Uh, the bears, you know, if they, if everybody else just keeps losing, the bears could catch them, you know? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll, we'll certainly see about that. <laughs> 
Um, all right, Tennessee side. Mark Smart yeah, ten- on fire. Yeah, Tennessee had a nice showing in, uh, in an unfortunate loss, but they did look good. I um, mean, to the poorest San Diego defense, um, one major concern, they did lose Derrick Henry to a mysterious calf injury uh, without him seeing the field. Must have been injured in pregame warmups or something. And now coaching is saying that he's likely going to miss a couple weeks. Um, Murray is to be monitored as he was hobbled going into the start of this game, which likely affected his production. Only 51 yards this game on 14 touches for a touchdown. Um, seven catches for 29 yards. Andrews, Antonio Andrews was in for a few carries, and I think it's worth monitoring this situation. Um, if you're a Henry owner expecting, you know, banking on Murray going down or something like that, it may be worth it to slot Henry into your IR spot if you can, if you have one of those, and maybe drop a buck or two or five on Antonio Andrews to back up Derek, uh, to back up DeMarco Murray for yourself. A um, lot of passes for Mariota this game, but they had to, to keep up with the San Diego offense. The same might be required if this uh, Green Bay game gets out of hand, which I feel like it might. Um, in a pinch, if you're really desperate for wide receiver, I might target Richard Matthews, um, not just because of the two touchdowns this week. Um, I just don't like to Sharp. Wright and Douglas are both journeyman type uh, wide receivers who, I mean, Harry, Harry Douglas was productive for Atlanta like three years ago when Roddy White was declining, but past that, he really hasn't shown much um, to me in his career. Matthews was the wide receiver free A acquisition this year. He was one of the best receivers on Miami last year. Not that that's saying all that much, um, but coaching went and signed him. Coaching must see something in him. Um, and as, of course, as always, Delaney Walker continues to be one of the better tight ends week in and week out. Yeah, Marcus Mariota has been the number one quarterback over the past, you know, four or five games. Uh, he's a solid streamer again. Uh, as you said, they'll need to throw a lot to keep up with the Green Bay offense in this matchup here. Um, and then in terms of Antonio Andrews, uh, I, I don't love him. But uh, again, if you have the bench space, certainly uh, worth a, a look if you want to handcuff DeMarco Murray. Um, they're saying that uh, Derrick Henry's calf injury shouldn't be too serious, that at most he'll miss a week or two. So we'll see about that. Um, certainly keep your ear to the ground about some more news on that. Uh, and then, yeah, Matthews, uh, you know, he's flex-worthy as Tennessee's going to be in catch-up mode and uh, certainly not benching Delaney Walker. Um, no. The only the only problem with this mysterious calf injury happened off the field. He missed the whole game. And these soft-tissue injuries, you know, they always come back to bite you. You know, Arian Foster had, ended, you know, basically ended his career, that sort of thing. Not that I think this is career-ending or threatening, but... You know, a lot of times they take longer to heal up than people think. Sure, and hopefully DeMarco Murray will uh, will get some rest and uh, <clears throat> feel a little bit better with that toe injury. Still still produced well for you despite uh, um, not having the yardage uh, as he has in the past. But uh, I will take Green Bay here. Yeah, regardless of whatever they'll produce, the Packers are going to win this game. All right, uh, Atlanta and Philly. Produce. Uh, Atlanta and Philadelphia. This Atlanta offense is clicking. Uh, Philadelphia's defense is not going to stop them, should not stop them. Matt Ryan is a QB1 again this week after another 300 and a half yards, four touchdown performance. Julio is a rock solid wide receiver one. Another eight cuts, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Um, Ryan was utilizing wide receivers more this game with only three pass targets to running backs. I don't think it's a trend or anything. I, I expect Freeman to, to maintain his pass catching role. If Coleman ends up coming back, I, I'd start him in a flex, expecting him to, to, uh, to pat, catch plenty of passes. Sanu's really the only option I'm considering beside Jones 
at wide receiver. Um, Hooper paid off if you plugged him in for, uh, for this bye week with three catches, 46 yards, and a touchdown. He might be worth a roll of the dice again if, if Tammy is out. Um, he's shown good effectiveness in pulling in passes and getting downfield. He was he was drafted pretty early in this draft. Um, these young wide receivers, Hooper and Henry, both showing ability to be productive in their own offenses, which is a refreshing change from you know a lot of tight ends who get drafted and never really pan out to much of anything. Max Williams, I'm looking at you, Triple X. Um, yeah, all I got to say about Matt Ryan this week is Eli Manning threw for four touchdowns against Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, uh, Devontae Freeman, he's an RB1. If, if Tevin Coleman suits up and plays, he's a flex play. Um, not much to say about Julio. And then to your point, Mohamed Sanu worth a flex play as well. I, I think that, you know, given how terrible Philadelphia's secondary has been playing, uh, you know, they're all worth streaming options, uh, as well as Hooper. Um, yeah, the, the, I don't think there's a whole lot to say about Atlanta. They're just rolling right now. Um, how about the Eagles side of it? Yeah, on the other side of this field, um, the whole, you know, being a rookie thing is really catching up to Carson Wentz. He looked he looked like a rookie this game. He's going to be okay long-term, but he. I hope you haven't been relying on him as a quarterback starter this year. Uh, this game, 360 yards, no, no uh, touchdowns, two interceptions. All that yardage came because they had to try and catch up to that uh, that that offense, um, which was really click. I mean, the offense actually wasn't clicking. It's just the talent of Odell Beckham just showed up and dominated Philadelphia. Um, Sproles took over the bulk of this uh, the work this game. Thirteen carries for fifty-seven yards, with three catches for fourteen uh, to Matthews. Five carries, fifteen yards, but he did have the touchdown. He uh, he had the goal line work. He got the touchdown. Matthews did. Um, I still prefer small sprawls in another high volume passing game versus Atlanta. Um, Ertz and Matthews both had high volume days, but can we trust that? Yeah, I think we can, at least for this week. Uh, again, kind of like uh, Marcus Mariona and the Titans in catch up mode against Green Bay. I think we're going to see much of the same thing for Philadelphia. Um, I think there's going to be PPR points aplenty to go around between Sproles, Matthews, and Ertz. Um, and then, you know, as you mentioned, Ryan Matthews definitely has taken a back seat. Um, Sproles is the clear RB one in this offense, but he gets the goal line work and that, that makes him flex play worthy. Um, you know, that's six points right there. He doesn't need that many carries as long as he can convert a touchdown. Hey, this year we need as many flex worthy running backs as we can possibly find. Yeah. And the other thing too is, uh, you know, Carson Wentz, I, I know he's been struggling the last few weeks, hasn't been doing well. Um, but I think he's still worth the streaming look if you need help at quarterback this week. Uh, again, Jameis Winston was in catch-up mode, and I think Wentz will be too. All right, could be. I don't like him, you do. All right, I'll take Atlanta. Uh, yeah, give me the Falcons. So Atlanta's going up and Minnesota going down. Minnesota at Washington, the next matchup here. Another loss to Minnesota, this time to Detroit. This team looks just awful. Um, Diggs has been the only player of value lately, really, and that may have something to do with the uh, the offensive coordinator change. Uh, the running back situation is murky, very ineffective. Ronnie Hillman got seven carries this game for 30 yards. That tells you how bad Asiata and McKinnon are doing, that, that Hillman's in there to get seven carries. Asiata, nine carries for 27 yards. McKinnon really needs to heal up fast for them. Uh, McKinnon's a desperate flex, and I'm not touching the other two running backs. Um, as me and Dan projected, uh, sort of, uh, Patterson got eight looks. Um, nice job. Nice job, us. All right. Um, you can roll them out there again if you, if you really want. Uh, I'm not, though. 
Yeah, I'm actually going to disagree with you on the running back situation here. Uh, obviously, it's kind of devolved into a committee with uh, McKinnon's ankle injury. Um, doesn't look quite right just yet, but I think I would actually prefer Matt Asiata uh, if I were going to pick one of them. Uh, he's been getting a lot of the short yardage and goal line work, so I, I think he's got the best odds to score. Um, so he's my preferred flex play of the Minnesota running backs right now. And then, as you said, Pat Shermer with the new game plan, with the new offensive coordinator, a, a ton of short dump-offs to Stephon Diggs. I think he's a mid-end wide receiver, too, right now with upside and PPR, just the target magnet. Um, and then Kyle Rudolph uh, only had one catch for a touchdown against Detroit, but he's still a low-end tight end one for me despite not doing a whole lot. I, I think that they are going to need to throw against Washington, and I, I think that he's still going to be very much involved in the game plan going forward. Yeah, they may have to put up a lot of points versus Washington, uh, just like you said. Um, they just have too many weapons for Minnesota's defense to stop at this time. Minnesota will limit them, but I, I just don't think they can stop them. Reed is, of course, a tight end one, and I think this is a big PPR day for for Jamison Crowder. For me, he's a he's a wide receiver two type. I would shy away from Cousins himself this week if possible. Um, just because Minnesota's defense could turn around at any given moment. Um, I don't really think that's a contradiction. The yardage will be there, but maybe just one touchdown and maybe the interception or two um, is in store. I think they limit uh, Deshaun Jackson here, but like I said, Reed, Reed and Jamison Crowder, I think are going to run wild. Yeah. Um, you know, Cousins is a high end QB two for me this week. Uh, Minnesota all of a sudden, not so scary, but he's still a little bit too inconsistent for me to trust him. Um, even with time to prepare with their bye week. And, and the big news here for the running backs, uh, Gruden announced that Rob Kelly is going to start over Matt Jones, um, but we'll likely still see Jones carry the ball a few times. And then Chris Thompson is going to be the pass catching back. So it, it's kind of become a messy committee here um, as we're seeing with most of the league. Uh, and yeah, I agree. Uh, I have no qualms about starting Jordan Reed or Jameson Crowder. And then, the other wide receivers are not really startable right now, not getting consistent targets or production outside of those two guys. Something's got to give at some point with these running back committees because you're basically uh, telegraphing your play based on what running back you have in the game. You know, like if Asiata's in, you basically know it's a run. If McKinnon's in, it, it may be a pass play. In this situation, if Thompson's in, you're, you're passing this down. If, if, uh, if Kelly's in, it's going to, you know, or if uh, Jones is in, you know you're going to run. So I think at some point this is going to change, but but today is not that day. I don't think so. I think teams are trying to mix it up a little bit. We've seen Matt Jones catching cats, excuse me, catching passes, and we've seen we've seen Chris Chris Thompson carry the ball on the ground as well. So they're still trying to keep teams guessing. And at the at the end of the day, you know, if you are going to pass it, then you want your guy who's better in space, right? Absolutely. But I, I think, you know, it, it's just not as effective using your, your goal line back in passing down situations. Um, I think it just speaks to the, uh, the, how important uh, having a back like Ezekiel Elliott is. Yeah. And I, I think that we may see that change a little bit with the next rookie class coming in. Uh, certainly yeah. a lot of talented running backs there. So we'll see if that changes uh, some of this committee work that's been happening the last couple of years. But uh, for this matchup, I will take Washington. Oh, actually, that, that surprises me. Uh, I thought I thought I was going to be going with the uh, the only Washington pick here. Uh, hard to see Minnesota losing four in a row, but I do think it's going to happen. Yeah, and they they had chances that game. It was close, but uh, just yeah, just couldn't get it done. And um, yeah, we see that Minnesota, by the way, uh, 
trying out kickers, so uh, maybe the end of the road soon for Blair Walsh. Sorry, buddy. All right, Houston at Jacksonville, the next game here. Yeah, if they're all healthy, this could be a juicy matchup for DeAndre Hopkins, Lamar Miller, C.J. Fedorowicz, and Will Fuller the fifth. Um, Will Fuller probably the mo- is the most questionable at this point. Do monitor him, but if he plays, I, I, I throw him out there. Jacksonville's defense is not going to stop Osweiler. The only man who can stop Brock Osweiler this game is Brock Osweiler. Now, he may just do that, and he may make all this sound really stupid. Um, C.J. Fiorowitz has been heavily targeted. Uh, a bad quarterback's best friend. Usually I say a young quarterback. In this case, a bad quarterback's best friend is a, t- is a good tight end. Um, for me, he's a low end tight end one just based on the workload he's had recently. Yeah, I don't know why people uh, aren't quite on CJ Fedorowicz. Maybe he just doesn't have the name brand value, but he's averaging more than seven targets a game the last four weeks. Uh, he's a solid streaming tight end. Uh, I-, I wouldn't go low end tight end one just yet, just because I want to see a little bit more consistency with the small sample size, but definitely a high end tight end two in PPR with upside. Um, just needs a score. Lamar Miller, you're certainly starting putting out there. Um, that shoulder AC sprain should be a, a bit healthier after the bye, hopefully healed up. Um, and then DeAndre Hopkins, he's been an inconsistent wide receiver too. Uh, he's not going to kill you, but he's gonna he's not going to win you too many weeks either. Um, I'd actually try and shop him around if anyone in your league still values him as a wide receiver one, thinks that he's going to bounce back. Um, and then Jalen Ramsey for the for the Jaguars, he's actually been very good in coverage the last few games. I don't see a huge week here for DeAndre Hopkins. Um, and then we'll see if uh, Will Fuller can practice. Uh, you know, even if he plays, he's just a flex option, wide receiver three, wide receiver four. Um, after a hot start to the year, he's really kind of fallen off. So this entire Houston offense uh, definitely still has a lot of work to do. I think that this is going to be a closer game than people think. Yeah, I think the problem is they can't spell Fyodorowicz to add him to their team. That that might just be what it's. So, guys, all you have to do is click players, click tight end, and then just like just look through the list. You don't have to you don't have to worry about spelling. There's no there's no spelling here. <laughs> um, yeah, what about the uh, the Jacksonville side here? Jacksonville offense was completely overmatched by the Kansas City defense. They should have moderately more success versus Houston. Um, Chris Ivory ran very well mostly due to breaking a big 42-yard run for a total of 18 carries, 107 yards. Um, I'm not expecting lightning to strike twice, but with the new offensive coordinator, Nate Hackett, he looks like he might show a little more commitment to the run game. Um, Ivory's my preferred guy going forward. If you can buy him very low, I think it might be worth a look. Um, people probably still think Yeldon's the better back to own. Of course, he's the, he's the pass catching back. Um, but I think we might see the tide turn in this offense towards, especially with how bad Bortles has been throwing the ball. He's been killing his pass catchers this year. Julius Thomas is not startable to me. Hearns, if he was healthy, would be not startable. But he is hurt. Um, so so uh, he's in concussion protocol. So because he's not there, Marquise Lee might see a big spike in looks. If you want to play that game, I'm, I'm sort of plus minus on it. If I'm desperate, I might I might trot Marquise Lee out there. He was prior a uh, highly drafted wide receiver, um, highly touted. He's he has the talent. He just hasn't really caught on in this league. But he has seen you know more than six targets I think the past two games. And Hearns is out of the way now. Um, Allen Robinson seven catch Robinson seven catches eleven targets. 76 yards and a touchdown. The only man I'd play in, in in this offense and with really no confidence whatsoever. I just can't bring myself to bench him. 
Yeah, I don't know. I, I think I would start Blake Bortles here. Uh, garbage time points are still points. Uh, even though he's been terrible uh, in real life, he's still a low-end fantasy QB1 in this matchup. Um, I think uh, I, I would prefer not to start any of the running backs, but uh, I would still prefer Yeldon over Ivory and PPR. Um, I think the Houston run defense is going to get it together here. And I don't know. I, I, I think Ivory is worth a pickup if you're really desperate at running back, but I, I would still prefer Yeldon myself uh, just because he's the pass catcher, did catch a touchdown this last game here. Um, but yeah, overall, this offense is just really struggling. This team is struggling. And uh, I don't know. What do you think? Are, are we going to see Blake Bortles as a Jacksonville Jaguar in two years? Oh, I do. He's young enough to get the ship righted. You know, pe- people have uh, plenty of quarterbacks have have plus minus games, have have bumps in the road, have roller coasters. Um, yeah, he, he's he's their franchise quarterback for now. They they can't just go and and dump him two years from now, one year from now. Who are you going to replace him with, Drew Stanton? Like, <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. Uh, maybe Chad Henney. <laughs> yeah, maybe um, Ryan Mallett. Yeah, I, uh, I, on the other hand here, Blake Bortles, uh, not a good quarterback, but not getting paid as much as Brock Osweiler. Uh, I will take Jacksonville. I am actually going to take Houston in this game uh, on the road. Okay, we'll see. I, I think that Brock Osweiler has struggled in uh, easy matchups, and on the road here, uh, I, I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's definitely going to, well, it'll be interesting to me. It's probably going to be an exceptionally boring game for most football fans. Um, I disagree. I think both teams are going to have lapses on the defensive side. I think there gonna be some random big plays here, but, uh, yeah, right. I, I think Jacksonville will get it together, um, and eke out a win here. Uh, yeah, we'll see, I guess. All right. Talk about high scoring games. Chicago comes into Tampa Bay. Uh, Cutler looked excited and effective last week. The team picked it up around him. He like smiled for the first time I ever saw and he encouraged a teammate. The only time I can recall him even talking to somebody other than Brandon Marshall is when he chewed out Jonathan Williams for letting him get his, uh, for letting him get pummeled week or uh, play after play after play back in. I think that was like 2012. Um, Cutler was like slapping hands and encouraging guys. I don't know what's going on. I don't know if they paid him like an extra <laughs> bonus or something. Um, but in, in this sort of offense with, with him, uh, with him back at, back at the helm, Elshon Jeffrey has wide receiver one upside, especially versus Tampa Bay. Zach Miller's a tight end one for me versus Tampa Bay. Um, need to sort of monitor this, the running back situation going into the game, but how do you get away from Jordan Howard? Of course, before that week, people were saying Kadeem Kerr, who was going to be the guy. I think Jordan Howard sort of slammed the door on that talk with his 26 yard, uh, 26 carry, 150 yard and touchdown outburst, 49 yards through the air on four catches. Um, I don't think Jeff, uh, Jeff Fox, that's a comedian. What's his name? John Fox. I don't think John Fox is that tricky that he's going to do something stupid like this. Uh, Jordan Howard's a running back one this week for me. Oof. Uh, I don't know about that. Uh, I, I think Jay Cutler, uh, I know exactly what happened. He was angry. Uh, heard all those comments that John Fox basically hates him. Um, and I think he had a chip on his shoulder and he did great. Uh, I actually think he's a decent streaming option at quarterback this week against a pretty horrendous Tampa Bay secondary. Um, for me, Jordan Howard is an RB2. Uh, despite his big week, I still think that Fox wants to run some sort of committee. Uh, certainly Howard should be the starter here unless he struggles. Um, but I think that this is also going to be more of a Cutler week. Uh, again, Tampa Bay better at defending the run than the pass. 
Um, certainly agree with you that Alshon Jeffrey, wide receiver one this week. We saw what Julio Jones was able to do. And uh, Jay's willing to throw up those 50-50 balls for him, and he can come down with them. Um, Zach Miller is a low-end tight end one for me, given all the targets he's been getting recently. And then I do want to address the wide receiver situation real quick. Cameron Meredith was on fire with a, a, you know, for a couple games with Brian Hoyer. Um, but Eddie Royal practiced today. If he's healthy enough to play, uh, Colors always had more chemistry with Royal, whereas Meredith was always Brian Hoyer's boy. Um, I think that we may see Royal back on the PPR flex or wide receiver four radar if he can stay on the field and produce with Cutler. Um, not to say that Cameron Meredith should be dropped, but I, I do think that Cutler prefers looking for Royal. Yeah, the rate limiting factor here is Royal's health, of course. Um, hopefully he can get it together, get on the field for the Bears, and make something happen in this offense. Yeah, and I do think this is going to be a little bit of a shootout. Um, same with uh, Jameis Winston on the other end, on, on the other side here. Uh, certainly, uh, if he's healthy enough to play, which it sounds like he will be, he's a solid streaming QB too as well. That said, Chicago's been tougher than expected on the defense. Um, I might avoid him if 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 you have other better options. Um, plus, I I mean he's due for a down week. He's a he's a streaky quarterback at this point. He's not all out. You know, going to be bad every week, like Blake Bortles or an or Brock Osweiler or anything like that. But he's he's been very very up and down, like acutely, like one up, two down, one up, two up, that sort of thing. Um, Evans is is practically saving his production with 11 catches on 17 targets, which is not very efficient, of course. 150 yards, two touchdowns. Um, that said, I do also like Cameron Brake this game. Um, regarding the other wide receiver, Cecil Shorts is getting more work in this offense, which is limiting Humphrey's production outside of uh, still having a touchdown that last game. Even more of note is this running back situation, which continues to become even more complicated. Peyton Barber was given the start versus Atlanta, and he's the better all-around running back um, than Anton Smith, which is a moot point because Anton Smith is now on the IR doing his best Tampa Bay running back. Uh, impression. Um, the run game was abandoned versus Atlanta scoring punts at points in bunches, um, which that may happen this game again. I don't know. Mike James, for that reason, might actually be the running back to start if you're desperate. He's been on this team before. He knows this offense. He's been somewhat productive as a backup, um, as a pass catching running back. Can catch and run quite quite well. I mean, not well enough to be a starter in this league, but I actually think I prefer him to Peyton Barber, definitely. Now, Martin or Rogers may be back. So everything I might said, you might be able to just throw it right out the window. Yeah. Um, here's what I'll say. Uh, if Doug Martin is available, um, not, you know, on the waiver wire, cause I think most people have held on to him, but if you think you can trade for him, uh, for even, you know, close to a hundred percent of his value, I would do it. Um, this is a guy who's going to be fresh for the second half of the season. This is a guy who's going to be the workhorse running back. Um, they have nobody right now. Charles Sims is gone, so no one's going to be stealing those receptions from him. He's going to be using the passing game as well. Um, supposedly, they're optimistic that he'll play, despite the fact that he did not practice today. Um, I'm going to go out and try to get him wherever I can. They've got nothing but good matchups left, basically. Yeah, uh, gets New Orleans twice in the fantasy playoffs, by the way. So uh, just keep that in mind. Um, the other thing here, uh, like you said, I, I think it's going to be Peyton Barber. Um, if both Doug Martin and Jaquiz Rogers are again out for this game. Um, and then there's not a whole lot to say about Mike Evans. You're starting him, uh, assuming he passes the concussion protocol. And then Cameron Bray, touchdown dependent tight end too. But 
I think the volume is going to be there for him. Yeah, he gets it. He, uh, he gets it done. Um, give me uh, in a rare, in a rare instance, give me the Chicago bears here. Yeah. Give me the bears moving up uh, to hopefully three and six after this. Duh bears. I, I mean, I do hope they lose cause I want, you know, a legitimate draft pick, but I guess I should just be happy with pick 17 for like the fifth year in a row. <laughs> um, all right. Next game on the slate here, Miami at San Diego. Ajay's on fire right now. We already said it. There's, there's, you know, nothing more to it. Um, he's on fire. Three straight good games. Yeah, Dan, that's an NBA Jam reference. I hope you're listening. Uh, 24 carries, 111 yards, and a touchdown. Three catches for 19 yards. Um, Damian Williams looks definitely like the clear backup. Um, if that sort of thing matters to you, it does not matter to me. Um, Parker was clear to play in this game, but was ineffective. Landry only had three catches for 33 yards, which with his sort of, un, you know, underneath sort of play, he's he's bound for, for those sort of games here and there. I'm expecting a bounce back versus San Diego. I have no qualms about starting him. Definitely this game. Um, still to me, no tight ends of note, despite Danny Jones's three catch 42 yard uh, and touchdown day. Um, just too much spread there and not enough offensive points scored on this Miami team. More of a commitment to the run too. Yeah. I mean, uh, Jay Jai is a high end running back too, until he proves us wrong. And I think part one of the people who are suffering as a result is Jarvis Landry. He's been disappointing now that Miami finally has a running game. Um, fewer PPR dump-offs to him. Um, just a low-end wide receiver, too, right now. Or maybe even a flex play until Miami kind of uh, recommits to the passing game, I guess you would say. Uh, but, yeah, this this offense, it's really JHI and no one else right now. Um, certainly not... <coughs> Excuse me. I'm certainly not uh, too worried about Jarvis Landry just yet. I do think that they're going to try and, uh, you know, place a little bit more emphasis on throwing to him, especially with Kenny Stills um, hurt. We'll see if he's able to play this week. Well, Ajayi can't score 40 points, and that might be what they need against San Diego. Yeah, that's certainly possible. Um, let's talk about the San Diego side. So much for Tennessee's run defense. Um, Melvin Gordon rumbled for 32 carries, 196 yards and a touchdown plus 65 yards through the air. He's a clear running back one for me versus Miami. He's looking really good. Um, they're getting what they paid for drafting him early last year. I think Kenneth Farrow is a name to keep in mind in this offense. If you're relying on Melvin Gordon, if he's your running back, um, I, I think Kenneth Farrow might be worth owning for you. Um, now, they might go to a committee if, in fact, Gordon does go down. But see, uh, San Diego finishes the season with Houston, Tampa, Cleveland, and Oakland. Um, even if you don't own Melvin Gordon, that may be the sort of thing that steps in and wins the and wins your season for you, um, just based on those very very juicy defenses. Um, Travis Benjamin left the game with a knee injury on top of his already sprained PCL. Um, got him out under that situation. I can't see him coming back this week. Um, Dontrell Inman and uh, and uh, uh, Williams both had very nice days, and I think they're both definitely worth looks against Miami. Um, two solid wide receiver options who should be productive enough to be uh, wide receiver two types, uh, low end wide receiver two types, as well as Gates, who is very productive in Henry's absence. If Henry plays, uh, he takes a bit of a step back, but I do not believe at this point he'll be suiting up. Yeah, Antonio Gates, excuse me, Antonio Gates back to the tight end one territory is Rivers' favorite target and touchdown magnets. Um, and especially with Travis Benjamin struggling with that PCL injury, um, I would prefer to have Tyrell Williams, but certainly Dontrell Inman also worth a flex play given the increase that he's seen, that he's seen in playing time now. 
um give me san diego yeah the chargers are gonna are gonna come in to come into their home stadium and win <laughs> all right um san francisco at arizona next game up a barn burning nfc west mashup should be a very exciting game for all involved especially if carlos hyde doesn't suit up again uh he did not play last week um, due to a shoulder Dewan harris was given the start and actually got 15 of 18 running back looks had 10 uh 10 catches for 59 or 10 carries for 59 yards five carries uh five catches for 83 yards and a touchdown to davis's two carries only um he's worth a start against bad defenses if hyde's not available that's uh, the next time they play a bad defense hyde will be available um this week if Hyde doesn't play i do sort of see him as a as a uh low end running back too just because of the uh just because he's shown the ability to catch passes and because of the workflow um the, the workload they're really not working davis into this game um sean Dron definitely not not a factor anymore at this point um quentin Patton had Six catches for 106 yards, which means, you know, the juice of Torrey Smith and Jeremy Curley is not worth the squeeze. We were thinking maybe they'd be stepping forward in this Kaepernick-led offense. No, it's just another dart throw at a wide receiver each week. Yeah, um, for me, the early word is Hyde may play this week, uh, but Arizona, tough defense in general. I think Hyde's a low on running back, too, if he plays, but if he's out... Even though Dewan Harris did well against New Orleans, most of that was on one big play. I don't yep. expect Arizona to have that kind of lapse on defense. He would just be a flex play for me, even if Hyde is out. Um, and then, yeah, I'm not really trusting anybody else on this team against Arizona. Vance McDonald also had a fluky long touchdown against New Orleans. Um, again, not trusting him either against Arizona. Yeah, Arizona gets a nice bye week matchup. Uh, they're they're well rested. They've they've had. A uh, whole two weeks to plan for this San Francisco team. Um, I'm not sure who's going to start at wide receiver yet, but I would use them all. Whoever's in the starting lineup on game day, start them. Arians is a bad, bad man, and he will want revenge, and he will want to make a statement at home versus San Francisco so that you, he, Goodell, everybody knows that Arizona is not done. Fitz is a bona fide wide receiver this uh, wide receiver one this week, and I'd I'd start either Floyd, John Brown, or JJ Nelson right next to him. Uh, DJ's a monster, top five running back. Nothing more to say. Yeah, Carson Palmer also a low end QB one here for me. Sure. Um, I think that uh, you know obviously you're starting David Johnson, and and I think that both John Brown uh, and JJ Nelson are both flex plays. Uh, one or both could get a long touchdown in this game with uh, the San Francisco excuse me the san francisco defense playing how they have been playing um yeah give me arizona yep give me the cards all right, all right. um real good game coming up here uh dallas at pittsburgh should be very interesting yeah this might be the return of tony romo um not positive i'm not particularly thinking so but but it just may happen um Dak was stellar versus cleveland uh they have a good problem in dallas uh, <laughs> 250 yards, three touchdowns to a wide-open Witten, wide-open Beasley, and a wide-open Gavin Escobar. But you still have to make those throws. And if, if they're open, you have to have the completions. And, and Dak showed the ability to do that. Um, I'd avoid Romo if he does return this game until we see what he have, has left. Um, if Dak plays, I would go ahead and roll him out there versus Pittsburgh. Um, Zeke adds another 90 yards and two touchdowns and 18 carries. Uh, so, sounds low for him, 18 carries. That's because they took him out. 
uh, to preserve him for this game and the and the season going forward. Put Morris in for 17 yard, 17 carries, 56 yards. Smart move. I'm not mad at them at all for it. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott was productive enough for you. Don't be greedy, okay? Uh, this is not a committee. Don't worry. The game was completely out of reach. Um, just like last week, we saw Dak was better um, when not forcing the ball to Des Bryant. Um, in that first game where he forced the ball to Des, Des had a nice day, 110 yards, a touchdown. But Dak just did not look good until he stopped doing it in the fourth quarter. Um, does this game only one catch for uh, one catch for 19 yards on four targets? He can't be happy if Dak plays. Does is an inconsistent wide receiver two, high end wide receiver two, but a two nonetheless with a very very famous name. Um, throwing to Witten and Beasley make Dak a better quarterback, and that's the Dak that I want to see right now. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, early reports are that Romo's not quite healthy enough yet. Uh, and honestly, I don't know if he's going to start over Prescott, even if he is ready to uh, play physically. Um, I think you're starting Zeke, of course. And then does Bryant, uh, he's infuriating to own, but you can't bench him against this Pittsburgh secondary. I mean, Joe Hayden had pretty decent coverage on him, but um, Pittsburgh has, has had struggles for sure, uh, you know, defending against the pass. And I think that uh, we're going to expect Dak to need to throw a little bit more in this game to keep up now that uh, Cameron Hayward is healthy again. Um, we saw that Pittsburgh is much better against the run uh, with him in the lineup. So uh, again, I, I agree that Cole Beasley and Jason Witten have been good targets for Prescott. Um, and I think that that's going to continue. But uh, I also expect Des to put up uh, decent numbers here, at least the low end wide receiver too, or, or at the very least flex. If you... If you own Des, he should be in your lineup this week unless you have some really good options here. Yeah, I'd try all three of the pass catchers out there versus Pittsburgh. Yep, agreed. Uh, how about the Dallas side? Well, how about I talk about the Pittsburgh side since we already covered that. Uh, Big Ben couldn't find a groove until the fourth quarter versus Baltimore. I'm expecting him to be healthier and fine versus Dallas. He's a quarterback one as, as they try to find their groove. Uh, Antonio Brown woke up late with Ben for the game in the game um, for 85 yards and a touchdown. Eli Rogers had six catches on 10 targets for 103 yards and a touchdown to Coates's zero catches on five attempts for zero yards. Um, I still believe in his talent and upside. I still like him more than Eli Rogers. Um, and I would trot him out uh, as a desperation sort of flex high, high, uh, uh, high risk, high reward sort of play. Ladarius Green likely won't play again week 10, but uh, Jesse James did not do much this game with uh, Ben's mostly poor play. Um, even Le'Veon Bell was held to just 32 yards on 14 carries with 38 yards on six catches. Just a bad day for this Pittsburgh uh, offense, um, but not atypical for a Pittsburgh and Baltimore matchup. They usually handle each other's offenses pretty well. Um, Pittsburgh stifled Baltimore, Baltimore stifled Pittsburgh. They always hit each other hard. It's there's a lot of, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of, gumption or that's not the right word there's a lot of juice in that rivalry and it sort of makes the games a little more enticing yeah i wouldn't be too worried about ben roethlisberger he really turned it on the second half of the game against baltimore and uh you know at home ben's a lot better um Le'Veon bell still running back one despite a down week against baltimore especially since they were able to kind of key in on the run sack the box a little bit with ben struggling early on uh, of course, you're starting Antonio Brown, and then we did see Eli Rogers get more involved after that Darius Hayward Bay injury, so maybe um, definitely an interesting name to monitor in PPR, maybe worth an add in deep leagues or dynasty leagues, but 
I do agree that Sammy Coates was still Ben's preferred target. Took a bunch of shots downfield to him. Barely missed uh, hauling in two long touchdowns. Of course, he's had inconsistent hands, so that's part of Coates' problem. Uh, but certainly he's uh, got high upside as a wide receiver three or flex play. Um, and then uh, same, you know, agree with you on the tight ends here. I think Jesse James is basically a touchdown dependent tight end too. Um, we'll see. In, in deeper bench leagues, maybe Ladarius Green worth a stash. Uh, certainly not a whole lot going on at tight end this year outside of the top few guys. Yeah, they've got a lot of weapons already. And, you know, if you're if you're thinking about trading for Rodgers or Coates in a dynasty or something, just don't forget that Martavis Bryant will be back next year. Yeah, that as well. Um, you know, I, I think that Pittsburgh is one of those teams that plays to the level of their opponents. Um, they seem to drop a lot of games to bad teams, and I think they play spectacularly when um, you know, they're facing a really good team. I will take Pittsburgh at home. I actually think Dallas is going to come in and uh, play upsetter on the road, led by Dak Prescott. Man, I, I, think da- I think Dallas is a really good team, but I think Ben and you know, Tomlin have been around the block a few times. I think they're going to have a few tricks up their sleeves for, uh, for the, the rookies here. Regardless, it's going to be a good game. Yeah, definitely one of the best matchups this week. Um, Okay, we will see who's right on that matchup. And then another great matchup, Sunday Night Football, Seattle at New England. Yeah, uh, I need to see what members of Seattle make it through this game healthy, Russell included. I'm mostly curious as to how much work CJ Procisi will be getting in this game uh, relative to Christian Michael. Um, not looking like Rawls is a lock to come back this next week, although he may be. Um, otherwise, lock in uh, Jimmy Graham, who had a phenomenal catch this game and had another uh, nice leaping grab over the defender this game, as well as Doug Baldwin. So, question for you. Um, are you bad at reading names, or do you just enjoy butchering them? <laughs> no, this is how you pronounce that name. Oh, yeah. I am. I will go to the grave with that. All right. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think in general, this is going to be a great game. Uh, again, Seattle plays up to their opponent. And, and Wilson, uh, as long as he's healthy, he's a high-end QB2, low-end QB1. Um, we did see him scramble for a touchdown earlier tonight in this game, so maybe his uh, his ankle and knee are feeling a bit better. And then, yeah, CJ Procise, we'll see if he's getting more and more involved, uh, especially on passing downs. And Doug Baldwin uh, barely missed a long touchdown here, got tackled uh, on like the five or six yard line. So he's a wide receiver three or flex play. Um, And Jimmy Graham, mid-end tight end one. Yeah, Seattle's going to gather all those players up, travel all the way to East Coast to find a very angry and rusted Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. He does not fear the Seattle defense, and neither should you this week. Brady, Gronk both top their position. Um, Blunt, Bennett, and White each have a chance to score two or more touchdowns every single game that they play in this offense. Um, I'd avoid uh, Chris Hogan for right now. For me, Edelman is a PPR wide receiver, too. Um, not not much to say. They're really good. Yeah, I don't have a whole lot to add here. Uh, just one or two things. Uh, Chris Hogan, I agree. I would fade him a little bit this week. He's more prone to those long touchdowns which seattle will limit uh they they will make you at least work for it if you're going to score on them um and then the one other thing is i think it's time to add Deion lewis if you've got that space and if you need help at running back um supposedly he will be healthy enough to be activated soon and uh, we all saw what he did last year when healthy good eye uh give me the patriots at home give me the pats all right. Um, and Monday night football, Cincinnati at your New York, well, not mine, but the New York football giants. 
Um, Tyler Eifert's back, ready to go, ready for targets, ready to crush. He's a tight end one for me this weekend, likely every week. He was a target monster and machine last year, and he was two weeks ago as well, or I guess technically last week right now. Um, the Giants do not have the manpower to counter A.J. Green. He's a wide receiver one. I think that's a high-volume game for both running backs as well. Uh, both Geo and Hill are at least flex-worthy for me. Um, probably are going to come out of this game with wide receiver, or running back two sort of production. Yeah. Um, I think uh, you've kind of covered everything we need to for Cincinnati here. I, I really don't have a whole lot to add there. Oh, sorry. Uh, maybe maybe I'll give you some chances on the New York side. Uh, <laughs> um, Eli with a very ugly day. Uh, he was saved. He found his savior in Odell Beckham Jr. He was he was just bad. But Odell Beckham um, and uh, and the rest of the wide receivers salvaged his day, uh, made a 250 yards, four touchdowns, two interceptions. Um, OBJ had a worse day than it appeared because of his two touchdowns. He only had four catches on 10 targets for uh, 46 yards. But the two touchdowns, you know, suffice it to say, Eli is bad this year. Um, Shepard, three catches, 50 yards and a touchdown. The talent that he has helps the Saucemans immensely. Um, Victor Cruz came out of the game after a nice bomb, uh, 40 yard completion. Uh, it's said that his MRI was clean, quote unquote, whatever that always means as of right now. Most notably for me was the running back situation. 11 carries for 26 yards for Rashad Jennings and 11 carries. That's the same number for 32 yards for Paul Perkins. That's it. For the running backs, Bobby Rainey had nothing this game, not a nilch. And that means it might be time for Paul Perkins, the, the rookie, to start learning the ropes, get worked a little more in this offense. Um, are you interested in playing either at this point? I'm sure not. But Perkins may be worth a stash if they start to try and give him the reins of this offense going forward. Mm, no, thanks. I think Perkins in a dynasty league. But for right now, it's too much of a committee. They're using everybody right now. Um, I, I think that Eli, even though he looked bad, Cincinnati, their secondary can certainly be beat. He's a high-end QB2 in this matchup. Um, as I mentioned, I'm avoiding the running backs if possible. They're all just uh, RB4s or flex plays. Uh, I, I hope you have better options than them. Um, and then here's starting Odell Beckham. Even though he didn't have a great stat line, uh, those touchdowns are exactly why you can't bench him. Uh, he's always mm -hmm. a threat to score. And then uh, Sterling Shepard, a flex play, even though he struggled prior to his big touchdown catch this past week, uh, he's still very much involved in the game plan. And we saw with Victor, Victor Cruz leaving this game with an injury, Roger Lewis, uh, an interesting name to monitor in deeper leagues or in dynasty leagues as well. Yep. Uh, all things sound good here. Yeah. Um, okay, I will, take, I will take the Giants at home. I think they Give do the well. They had plenty of time to prepare for this game. Eli is bad. Hmm. Okay. I think the Giants will play well in prime time. We'll see, though. All right. Uh, the Giants might, but I don't know if Eli will. <laughs> E-Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. You want to go over the teams I'm by this week, then? Yeah, I'll take over the bye teams. Um, Buffalo uh, goes on a bye this week. Um, of course, uh, Tyra Taylor, Sean McCoy, and the like will not be in your lineups. Charles Clay. Um, Tyra Taylor had a nice uh, rushing touchdown this game. Uh, the rest of the offense is just about looking as expected versus uh, Seattle. Um, Detroit had a nice overtime win versus Minnesota. Tate is my guy. He's back to a high volume wide receiver, too, where he belongs. And Marvin Jones has been really bad as of late. Um, I don't know how he's disappeared so fully. He's the deep threat in this offense. Maybe Stafford's just realized he, he needs to spread the ball around. Stafford has been 
has been excellent this year by Stafford's uh, by Stafford standards. A, a, a quarterback one when when his when his team returns to play. Riddick and Washington both got a lot of work, um, which to me says that I think when Washington's fully healthy after this bye, he's going to be the workhorse and, and Riddick's going to take the, the pass catching duties. Do I think that's going to hurt Riddick's value? I don't think so as much. I think that's just going to give us two usable uh, running backs in Detroit, especially in this running back starved season. Too many injuries, too, too many injuries. Um, Indianapolis had a nice win over Green Bay behind Frank Gore, 60 yards, two touchdowns, and a Jordan Todman kick return touchdown. Always nice to see Green Bay lose. I love it. Um, Luck, unfortunately, looked bad again. 280 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. Hilton and Moncrief on the flip side, both look healthy. They're good to go here on forward. Um, Oakland beat Denver at home with a great ground attack. And that is the formula to beat Denver. As we said before, Murray Latavius Murray with 20 carries for 114 yards, three touchdowns, got all of the goal line work. Um, uh, Olo, Olo, uh, I can't think of his name. Um, the, the fullback that's been stealing his goal line carries did not whatsoever this game. That said, he still only had 20 of the carries of the 38 total carries, but he got all the important ones, and that's what's important. I think the, uh, the Raiders offense, the Raiders coaching staff is finally starting to agree with me, thankfully. That's exactly what I need. Yeah, so um, some of the players that you're going to have out this week on bye <clears throat> at quarterback, Tyrod Taylor, Matthew Stafford, Andrew Luck, and Derek Carr. Um, a few potential streaming options for you, Joe Flacco against Cleveland. Again, he had two touchdowns against them in week two. Uh, Jake Cutler at Tampa Bay looked sharp against Minnesota, and the Tampa Bay defense is a joke. And then Carson Wentz at Atlanta. I know you don't love him, but he's been dropped in a lot of leagues after really struggling, and he gets a decent matchup this week. Um, at running back, you're going to have LaShawn McCoy, Theo Riddick, Frank Gore, and Latavius Murray on by. Um, some guys that may be streamable, if Doug Martin and Jaquiz Rogers are both still out, you've got Peyton Barber against Chicago, CJ Proceis against New England, and Rob Kelly against Minnesota if you're desperate. Uh, we saw that Jordan Howard managed to do some damage despite uh, Minnesota being a pretty good defense here. At wide receiver, you've got Marvin Jones and Golden Tate on by. You've got T.Y. Hilton and Dante Moncrief. And then you've got Amari Cooper and Michael Crabtree. Um, a few options there to replace those guys. Uh, Dontrell Inman, his usage ramping up against Miami. Rashard Matthews in a potential shootout against Green Bay. And then you've got Jamison Crowder and Quincy Inunua, um, both slot guys who are getting a lot of targets underneath. At tight end, you've got Charles Clay, Eric Ebron, and then Dwayne Allen and Jack Doyle all on by. Um, a couple guys that we mentioned earlier, CJ Fedorowicz against Jacksonville and Austin Hooper at Philly. Both are getting more involved in their respective offenses. Yeah, and I personally would like Fedorowicz, even if all those were playing more than any of them, except for Eric Ebron at this point. Um, I, I think he's a must-own tight end. Um, I don't know about Mustone, but I think in twelve or twelve team or larger leagues, certainly. Yeah, yeah, I guess not not in a ten team or I'm sure there's there's enough there. Um just to re-review the injuries, um that was a redundant statement. Um the major ones, Derek Henry strapped strapped his calf, strained his calf pregame. Spencer Ware on concussion protocol may may be back this game. Jacquez Rogers may be back this game. Um, so adjust accordingly. Travis Benjamin hurt again, as mentioned. Anton Smith out for the season. Alan Hearns is in the concussion protocol. Uh, Marquise Lee would be the ad there if you're that interested in it. Um, 
I think that's a that's that's a low value, you know, high risk, high reward sort of play. I, I wouldn't spend money on it or a high high waiver or anything. But if you're desperate, you know, maybe give it a look. Um, the other free agent ads of note, Capri Bibbs, with the reports that he's going to take on a bigger role in this committee, sort of like uh, Mark Ingram, Tim Hightower sort of picture. Of course, Rob Kelly, after after Jay Gruden expressed that Kelly is now the starter over Matt Jones. Um, you know, Washington on the buy, that information might have left Kelly just sitting there unowned. Um, Peyton Barber and Mike James, as stated before, I like Mike James more as the pass catching back. Mung likes Peyton Barber a little more, but Doug Martin may be back soon. Um, Dewan Harris, if Hyde can't go again, of course. And then take a look at James Starks, as uh, they, I don't think he's worth a start this week, but he may be the guy going forward if they do need a solid running back back there. Um, Dwayne Washington, like I said before, and as Mung mentioned, Dontrell Inman, Richard Matthews, Marquise Lee. Yeah, again, just one other name I would add, I'd throw out there. Uh, again, Deion Lewis uh, expected to be back soon. Oh, I want yeah. I want a piece of that Patriots offense. Yeah, I, I think Deion Lewis is better than a lot of uh, owned running backs at this point, definitely. Yeah, um, his usage may ramp up a little bit slow just because James White has been doing well and the, the Patriots are all but guaranteed to go to the playoffs, so they certainly want to ease him back in. But I think even on limited touches, he could be very effective in PPR leagues. Yeah. If you're really desperate, I, I can't stress enough that, that I think um, if Derrick Henry does miss significant time, um, Antonio Andrews may be a season saver for you just because of how much they use the running back. If he goes down, they're going to need to pass the ball even more. But Antonio Andrews is a pass catching running back. Um, th this this may be the kind of guy that if you're if you're in the muddled middle, if on the off chance Derrick Henry goes down, this is the, or if on the off chance DeMarco Murray goes down, I do think this is the type of player, despite the lack of name value. He is the sort of guy that can propel you. Yeah, I mean, I think he's interesting, but I don't think he's a must-own handcuff simply because I do think that if Murray were to uh, get injured and Derrick Henry was still dealing with the calf injury, I think that they would promote somebody or sign somebody and still use some sort of running back by committee. I don't think it would just be all Antonio Andrews. No, but they run the ball so many times that that it's it's going to be basically you know as much workload as a normally starting running back. Okay, certainly fair. Uh, definitely yeah. worth a look, at least. All right. Uh, anything else? Any other notes? News notes? No, I think uh, you know now is the time where uh, you know you should have some idea of whether your team is going to make the playoffs. Uh, if currently your record is iffy, then you need to make a push now. And if if you're what seven and two, or if you have a solid record and they're pretty much guaranteed a playoff berth. Um, perhaps start looking at a, a few trades before your trade deadline. See, uh, take a look at some of those uh, week 14 through 16 matchups. We've talked about Tampa Bay and New Orleans facing each other twice over that span um, and some other and some other players that uh, may be uh, good for that stretch of time could be the difference. Shore up your teams, win games, win championships. Yeah, and then the on the flip side, uh, you know, if you're struggling, if you're at five and four or if you're middle of the pack, then, uh, you know, it's time to make some trades or, or drop some of those stashes for guys who can help you now. You got to make it to the playoffs before you can win. It's time to make tough decisions, tough cuts, but you got to do what you got to do, because if you don't make the playoffs, then you might as well not play. <laughs> yes, thank you. Um, all right. 
So with that, uh, we'll close out the podcast for this week. Uh, As usual, good luck to you. If you have any questions at all, you can always reach us on Twitter. I am at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And I'm at FFA underscore Los. You can also reach our super producer, Dan Green, at FFA underscore Dan. He's uh, resting his vocal cords after a straining work load last last week talking on the podcast. Thank you again for filling in for us. Don't forget to like us on the Facebook and, of course, follow us on Twitter, as just stated, and subscribe to the podcast in the iTunes store. Uh, Just click the nice blue subscribe button inside your purple and and white uh, podcasting app. Um, And what about Google Play, Mung? Are we on that? Yes, we are. Uh, You can also find us on Google Play if you have an Android device and you can subscribe and listen there. Fancy. Gosh, we're, we're just making strides in this world. Yeah, um, you know, you could hear us, uh, you could listen to us on multiple platforms if you so choose. You could have Google Play in one ear and iTunes in the other. <laughs> uh, that might be a little bit too much, but uh, certainly, uh, again, good luck to all of you out there. Hopefully you're doing well in your leagues. Uh, hopefully we are helping you make some decisions week to week. And uh, as always, it's a fantasy world and we're all just addicts in it. Thanks, addicts. The first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there, and the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen. But we won't get there without you. Visit alz.org to join the fight. The first person to survive Alzheimer's disease is out there. They're going to hold on to everything the disease steals away. And the Alzheimer's Association is going to make it happen by funding research, advancing public policy, and spurring scientific breakthroughs. And by providing local support to those living with the disease and their caregivers, we're easing the burden until we accomplish our goal. But we won't get there without you. Visit alz.org to join the fight.